Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the second Sunday after the Epiphany. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or listening online, just a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find under the resources tab the, uh, the place where you could download the bulletin and follow along with the service. Also, there is the give tab there where you can give your offering to the Lord in his church. Just a few announcements to share with you before we, we uh, begin worship. A reminder for all who are Thrivent Financial for Lutheran members, uh, make sure to direct your Thrivent Choice dollars uh, before the deadline. There's information on how to do that in the chapel weekly today, and um, uh, we do appreciate if you would share those choice dollars with Chapel of the Cross. It is a great blessing. Uh, the silent auction and trivia night here at Chapel to, to benefit our mission partners is coming up. That's going to be Saturday, March 5th. Uh, there's a sign-up the, at the Welcome Center to, to uh, sign up a table, or you can also sign up to volunteer to help at the Welcome Center as well. So we look forward to that on March 5th. Hope everybody is involved in 30 days in God's Word. Um, over the last few days, we've been moving through the minor prophets. Uh, next week, we move into the New Testament already. If, if you're not that far, if you're a little bit behind, that's okay. Uh, just keep on going and, and um, just stick with it and enjoy your time in the Word of God. Books are available for $5 at the bookstore for 30 days in God's Word. The year-end contribution statements are now available as well at the Commons area at the, um, uh, in the, at the Welcome Center for you to pick up. There's a couple boxes, and they're in there alphabetically by last name. So if you might, wouldn't mind to find yours and take that home with you today, uh, we would appreciate that. That saves the church a stamp, which is good stewardship. And uh, thank you for your good stewardship throughout the year, last year and certainly as we look forward to this new year. And also a big thank you to those who are continuing to give toward the $111 for missions fund. That is uh, that special receptacle in the back as you came in, you know, that, that, uh, the receptacle on the left-hand side there. Um, uh, just, just a reminder what that is. The, the idea is that you, you give a dollar each, each, each week for every person in your family, 111. That's why we call it that. Uh, and, and a big thank you to everybody for continuing to give toward that. Um, there has been, over, this past year, over $3,000 was given in that little receptacle, which is amazing when you think about it. It's a, it's a large amount of money that's given in a special way to our mission partners. So that, that gets divided up between our English district uh, mission partners and then our mission emphases here at Chapel of the Cross. So it really is amazing how a little can go a long way, and I encourage you to keep that up. Uh, God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together, opening hymn, one of my favorite hymns, I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light. That's printed in your bulletin, um, or it's also in your, in your hymnal at 411. We stand to sing it together.
of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Let us therefore confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we live surrounded by the darkness of sin. Our lives are spent in the darkness of the fallen world by our own sin in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done as well as the good we have failed to do. Deliver us from this darkness and grant us your forgiveness by the light of your Son's saving death on the cross and the power of his resurrection. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who's begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. with you. Let us pray. 
Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. The Old Testament reading is from the 62, 62nd chapter of Isaiah. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her righteousness shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. This is the word of the Lord. We speak Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. The epistle is from the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, because no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of the one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Alleluia.
first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. Glory. Glory to you, O Lord. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding about 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who'd drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ.
grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Firsts are very important, wouldn't you say? Think about the firsts in your life. A first date with that special someone. You want everything to go right. That's a very important first. Think about my kids, first day at school. They got questions, will my friends be there from last year? Maybe there's some new kids in the class. It's an important first. First time being a parent, first time being a dad or a mom. First time being a grandparent, those are important firsts. I, I still remember my first time in an airplane. That was a big first for me. Still remember that day. And firsts are important. I mean, remember that commercial that said you never get a second chance to give a first impression? Very true. So today we hear of something pretty significant that happened in John chapter 2. John lets us know that what Jesus does at the wedding at Cana is the first of his signs. It's the first one. And first are very important. But when you hear that, when you read about this, this sign, this miracle that Jesus does, doesn't this seem kind of like a, just a little bit underwhelming of a first? I mean, after all, Jesus goes on to do a lot greater things, at least that's what it seems like. He goes on to heal the disease. He goes on to battle demons. He goes on to raise people to life. What he does at the wedding at Cana, it seems at least a little bit, a little unimpressive. I mean, it's just a, a little event in this little town, just a little wedding with little people. Their names are not even mentioned in John 2. And they're ordinary people. But I don't think it would be fair to call them unimportant people. At least they're not unimportant to him. People are never unimportant to him. But he is the Christ. The Messiah, who is looked for and who is waited for, who is longed for. And now here he is, the very presence of God among men. He is the greatest power of the universe come to earth. And what does he do for openers for his first miracle? Turns water into wine at a wedding reception. Seems a little trivial, doesn't it? And it seems unimportant, kind of insignificant. There it is. Showed up at Cana in response to a wedding invitation, probably from friends or relatives of his mom. And it was a, a family affair. I mean, families, as you know, tend to get awfully big at a wedding. I don't think people actually re remember how many relatives they have until a son or daughter gets married. And then, boy, family comes out of the woodwork. And people came from all over to little Cana. And the situation in Little Cana was getting a little embarrassing because the wine started to run out. That's the kind of thing that happens when some people show up that you originally didn't expect them to show up. In fact, maybe that's something that begins to happen, especially when one of the relatives brings along a whole lot of friends of his who happen now to be his disciples. And I'm sure they were all invited, but the demand just exceeded the supply. And so the wine... It was running out. And what an embarrassment that was. What a, 
social nightmare. At that time it was. You think of all the things that can go wrong at a wedding. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong at a wedding. I can tell you some of the things that have gone wrong at a wedding. I've done this for over 20 years. And I've seen a few things. A member of the bridal party just fainting. It happens. A mix-up at the florist. Someone forgot the rings. That's happened more than a few times. A plate or two short at the reception. DJ doesn't come. A lot of things that can go wrong. But short of the bride and the groom getting cold feet and not showing up, this, in John 2, was about the worst thing that could happen, at least at that time. That would forever be talked about in Cana as that wedding where they ran out of wine. Do you remember that wedding? Remember that wedding where they ran out of wine? I'll tell you what, that had never happened in my daughter's wedding. Well, they talk about that for years. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she realizes the seriousness of that situation immediately. You heard what she said. They have run out of wine. The social standing of that family would be devastated. The reputation of that family in that community would be ruined. And no one knew what to do. And no one knew where to turn. But Mary did. Because she remembered. She remembered her son. And she remembered a lot of things because, as the Gospel of Luke says, she treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. She remembered. She remembered about the shepherds and the wise men from the east and how they came because of the song of the angels and because of the light of that star. She remembered. She remembered that disconcerting little incident of 12-year-old Jesus talking to the scholars in the temple, asking intelligent questions and, and giving intelligent answers. She remembered. She remembered how he grew up. Really a boy like any other boy, but still there was something very, very different about this Jesus. And when all the wine had been drunk, she remembered. And Mary said to her son, Jesus, they have no more wine. I can kind of hear her saying that. I tell you what, I can even imagine her face as she said it. Because, you know, moms have a way of saying things so that you know what they're really saying. They have no more wine, she said. What she was really saying was, Jesus, we need your help. I don't know how you're going to fix this problem, Jesus, but I know you have the power to do it. And then Mary gives a little instruction to the servants of that wedding party in Cana. She says, do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> Straightforward enough. Don't question him. Just follow his lead. Just do what he says. And you know what happens. You know that story. Jesus tells the servants to fill those six stone water jars by the door with water. Mary had said, do whatever he tells you to do. 
But I tell you what, that was a big job. Those six stone water jars held between 20 and 30 gallons each. And the servants, they had to go to the village well, maybe a good distance away from the house. And they had to carry that water, 180 gallons to those jars. And they did. And then those servants brought the water that had been turned into wine to the steward to have him sample it. And when he tasted it, he was totally surprised. It was the finest wine of the feast. Everybody brings out the good wine first, and then when the guests are getting a little tipsy, then they bring out the lesser wine. But you have not done that. You have saved the good wine until now. <laughs> what, a, what a wedding gift. 180 gallons, equivalent to 900 bottles of wine, of the best wine at the wedding. And for a long time, I am sure, the people of Canaan would say to one another, remember that wedding? Remember that wedding where we had just some of the best wine we have ever tasted? Remember that wine? That, that, they had so much wine we could take some home after that wedding. Remember that wedding? That was wonderful. And it was not trivial. It was not unimpressive. It was not unimportant or insignificant. I mean, sure, it was a, a simple miracle, I guess, as miracles go. Not a lot of pomp involved, not a lot of fanfare to it. I mean, he didn't make a blind man see or, or, or give, give a walking to a lame person or bring somebody back to life. For sure, as the Bible says, the disciples who were there saw Jesus reveal his glory and they put their faith in him. But not too many other people even knew what was going on. They just said, hey, there's some more wine and it's really good. But it was a miracle. See, Jesus simply responded to the needs of a family he came to the aid of simple, ordinary people with a simple, ordinary problem. And he turned water into some mighty fine-tasting wine. And they might have been, I guess, ordinary people, but they were not unimportant people. At least not unimportant to him. People are never unimportant to him. I think that that is so very important to remember. People are never unimportant to God. People, no matter what age they are, no matter if they are born or still in the womb, no matter what situation they are in, no matter what circumstance they're facing, no matter what trouble they might be in, they are never unimportant to God. In fact, God says, I am here for those who feel unimportant or unloved, as many of us do quite often. He says, I am there for those who are dealing with pain or dealing with suffering, as many of us do. I am there for those who are afraid or who are anxious, as many of us are many times. He says, I am there for those who know their sin and who feel guilt, as all of us do. He says, I am there for those who have regret, 
and who face grief, as many of us do. I am here for them, God says. They are not. You are not unimportant to me. What an incredible message to hear. If you feel unimportant, unloved, just ordinary, you just look at what your God has done for you. You are not unimportant. You are not unloved. You are not ordinary to him. And look what he does. He does incredible things for his people. But sometimes the packaging that he uses, it it can seem kind of ordinary. Think about it. He, He takes simple ordinary, mundane water. And through that ordinary water and through his glorious word, he makes us his own child and he gives us the forgiveness of sins in baptism. That is a water-to-wine moment there. It's a miracle moment. A child of God is born. A child is placed in the arms of the good shepherd. At that moment, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. That's water-to-wine It's a miracle moment. He he takes a simple, ordinary, mundane piece of unleavened bread. There's nothing more mundane than that piece of bread. But he makes it his body, given for our forgiveness. He takes that simple, ordinary, mundane sip of wine, and he makes it his blood. Shed for you, he says, for your forgiveness for the strengthening of your faith. Take and eat, he says. Take and drink. Jesus inside of us. That's a water to wine moment. That's a miracle moment. He takes the the simple, ordinary, mundane words of the English language, or really any other language for that matter, and he tells of the wonders of his love and the wonders of his grace and the wonders of his mercy That's a water-to-wine moment. It's a miracle moment. He takes the simple, ordinary, mundane heart of a sinner like you and a sinner like me, and he gives his life so that that heart can be cleansed from sin, so that you might live with him forever in heaven. That's water to wine. And oh, that is a miracle. Our our God is still in the business of turning the ordinary into the extraordinary, turning water into wine. Does it all the time. Does it within you. He does it within us as we ask him to be involved in our lives. He does it within us as we heed Mary's Mary's advice to do whatever he says. And yeah, we may feel that we are just ordinary. We're unimportant. We're unloved. That is not the truth. As Christ comes to dwell in us, he shows how the ordinary becomes the extraordinary, how water becomes wine. And that ordinary, sinful person becomes the extraordinary, loved, and forgiven child of God. Amen.
Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. It's page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. Please stand for the prayer of the church. 
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O loving Lord, you did not abandon your people, but gave them hope in the promise of deliverance. Help us to delight in what your Son has accomplished for us and to rejoice in our salvation. Make your presence known to those who share your word, missionaries, evangelists, church workers, and all of your children. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in sending Jesus Christ, your Son, who revealed his glory by his presence and first miracle at Cana in Galilee. As he was a guest at that wedding in Cana, so bring his presence to every household where husband and wife are bound together in love in your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, our sinful hearts are often resentful and filled with bitterness against others. So often we've been hurt and sinned against. We confess, Lord, that we do not always find it easy to forgive and forget. Help us, Lord. Enable all of us, in all sincerity of heart, to say as you did on the cross, Father, forgive them. And then help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for all people that they recognize that it was God who formed them inside their mothers and who knows them by name. Protect the lives of the vulnerable, that we may honor at every stage of life all whom you created and redeemed, from the time you formed them in the womb until you close their eyes in death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the nations, we ask that you bring your peace to the nations of the world. Grant all leaders wisdom and integrity that all people may enjoy freedom and justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, O Lord, on this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend for the leadership and vision of Dr. King in the struggle for peace and justice for all men and women. Help us, as he did, to speak out with conviction against racism, injustice, and inequality. Help us overcome, by your grace, the sin that separates people. And grant us the courage and strength to live out our commitment to create a world in which peace and justice is the reality and not just the right of every human being. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are ill or hospitalized or homebound. Gracious God, visit your people with your strength and healing touch, especially Gary Callies, Everett Haskins, Judy Kaprowski, and Dale Ternaprovich. We also bring before your throne of grace, Lord, those family members, church members, and friends who are also in need of your healing during this time of silent prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all those for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. We now pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When my way grows dreary, precious Lord, linger The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give to you peace. Amen.